Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Mike Molina, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal. Mr. Aviato t-shirt. Aviato. Aviato. Yeah, you have to we, say it right. We will be right out. Aviato. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. What's happening? Join the team, join the team, join the team. People listening in the Minnesota listening area, we are putting together the KQ Walzer bike riding team for the Tour de Cure. It's the first Saturday in June, June 2nd. Uh, you can sign up directly on the Tour de Cure site. If you can't find it, and I just had somebody email me that they couldn't, send me an email at dougatwalzer.com and I'll get you signed up. It's a great way to have some fun and raise money for a very worthy cause. All the money goes straight to the American Diabetes Association. It's a 26-mile run, so you don't have to be in awesome shape to participate. And Catherine, you could even join us too. Can uh, I, can I yeah. sit in one of those uh, burlies? <laughs> sure. That would, I would pay nice to see burly. that. That's all I need. I get the polar all the way around. That'd be just wonderful. Let Michael start, Bryant start, do it. I'll start eating extra right now. Yeah, yeah right. Right. a little more weight. You can just drag your feet over Put the rocks side. in the burly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. How do people donate? Uh, you can go to the uh, American Diabetes Association. Just Google uh, Tour to Cure Minneapolis, and it's all right there. Excellent. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, that works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. You're crying. 
I wonder where he came up with that singing style. I don't know. I know. Because he's not, I mean, he grew up in like country western yeah. era. Well, down there in nobody, nobody sings like Elvis Presley. It's no. A totally unique style. Totally unique style of singing. You're absolutely right about that. You are 100% correct. Andy, uh, Joe from Louisville says that sound in your headphones is the aliens trying to reach out to you. That's what I said <laughs> when I got here. I was like, it's the aliens. It's the aliens. That's what it is. So thanks to uh, Doug Sprinthal, um, I'm getting uh, new tires on my uh, Mustang and getting an oil change, getting it new all tires. detailed and everything. Wow. All that peeling out. Yeah, there's only 20,000 miles on the car. All that peeling out. So it must be all that They're, peeling you know out. Screeching to a stop. Because uh, I, I, I just <laughs> bought another Mercedes and sold the old one. Um, a lot of these cars, they have different sized tires on the front and back, so you can't rotate them. Oh, really? Which is uh, stupid. That's really uh, stupid. What the heck? But, and and back really tires stupid. on cars like that tend to go up pretty quickly. That's exactly mm. what it is, the back tires. Yep, it's a definite mine, too. But anyway, so I go in, and I meet everybody, and, you know, Kevin's a very nice guy. Everybody there was really, yeah. really nice. Except they gave me a semi to drive. <laughs> Uh, Seriously. Speaking of tires, nice park job. I told you I parked my, <laughs> my right, right rear tires up on the curb. What? Oh, I thought it was on a homeless person. Okay. That's yes, on a homeless person. I know. Exactly. I, I, I haven't even assessed the damage of the garage stall yet. I'm sure there's some. I didn't do any damage to the you garage stall. You know there is. Something smashed. I did not hit anything. <laughs> Not but anyway, <laughs> so the great news is because I would never be able to park the semi over in St. Paul because we're having dinner tonight. Doug and Michael Bryant and I are having dinner in St. Paul tonight. So <laughs> can't make it. Cars too big. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, it's pretty good because I've got uh, what's that service you use? Uber. Yeah, I have Uber Bryant picking me up. Oh. <laughs> You know wow. why, though. Uber Brian. So he can get hammered at dinner and you can drive him home. Oh, you might be right about that. <laughs> He'll not, get hammered he is a lawyer. He thinks ahead. There. Yeah, he does. That's go. true. Hey, Tom, you're going to have to walk home from my house. <laughs> but, uh, don't worry it's, about that. It's that way. <laughs> it's that way. Let me just tell you something. Just take the bike path and save her. Yeah, I don't even know. Is Mike a, is Mike a drinker? He has drinks from time to time. I don't think he's a big Oddly enough, I've heard two different versions of the story, so next time they're here together, you can figure out which one's true. He and Allie Nick went out about a month ago on a Sunday night, and Nick had to drive him home. God, what a horrible (laughs) idea those two were (laughs) together. We, oh, that's the night. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alan. We were on uh, the plane down to Arizona. The guy sitting behind us sounded exactly oh, like him. My okay, God. I, am, I We should have taken a voice recording. It was because I was no, like, Michael was looking, Bryant. Yeah. Oh, like Michael Bryant. Yeah, oh, oh. I was looking at him voice. back. I'm like, is he on our plane? It was insane. His, yeah. his voice, his laugh, how yes. he, it was it, crazy. Yeah. Infla- everything sounded just like him. Yeah. But L.A. Nick doesn't drink or, at all, does oh, he? Oh, yeah. He does. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he owns a bar. Well, I know, but I didn't think. I thought he didn't drink. He doesn't do drugs anymore. Didn't do drugs. <laughs> well, so that explains it, because I heard from that night those two go out and they get lit up. So apparently the discussion. Uh, Tom hates me. <laughs> what? Uh, Which one thinks that? That must have been L.A. That was L.A. Yeah, it was L.A. Tom hates me. Michael said, "I know that Tom doesn't hate you. You know how? Because if Tom hated you, you wouldn't be here." <laughs> So there you have it. L.A., he's a touchy devil. That's all I know. Well, he's Italian. They're all sensitive. Yeah, all those sensitive <laughs> it's Italians. true, they are. 
That's a Let's people. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> the entire race. People. Well, sensitive as hell. <laughs> Life sentences are unusual in Den- Denmark, even when the crime is murder, but that's what uh, Danish inventor Peter Madsen was handed on Wednesday. Judge Annette Burko at the Copenhagen uh, City Court said she and the two jurors, whose opinions were all, all held equal weight in the case, found Swedish journalist Kim Wall was murdered. Was this the guy with the with the submarine? Yes. Yep. What? Oh, it's what? The submarine guy. guy. With the submarine. Oh, yeah, yeah this yeah, is a yeah. weird story. This is what? Uh, Only in Denmark. <laughs> telling Madsen yeah. he hadn't given a trustworthy explanation for her death and that there is clear evidence that the accused has shown an interest in killing and dismembering people. <sighs> the 47-year-old stood quietly listening as the verdict was read, reports the AP, with The Guardian describing him as visibly nervous. The paper quotes life sentences in Denmark typically average 16 years. Madsen has two so, weeks to decide whether he will appeal. How is it a life sentence? Yeah, how is it a life sentence if it's 16 years? Yeah, if you only get Maybe 16 years. Maybe they don't years. live long in Denmark? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I think <laughs> I the minimum know. life sentence in America is like seven years. Well, that You can get a life sentence, but you can get out after seven years. So life sentence doesn't mean anything. No. It doesn't actually mean life. Madsen had maintained that he did not murder Wall, but did admit to cutting up her body and disposing of it in oh the sea. God. I she didn't was, know. She was dead already. I she, was found a report, and I thought, she was a reporter, right? Maybe, yeah, she was a reporter. Exactly. Doing maybe a story some killer on. whales might want a snack. Sure. You know. He said, <laughs> Save her for the shark. I, I hacked her to, to pieces, but I did not kill her. But she I didn't was kill dead. Her. That's pretty I believable. I swear she was. I wonder if, <laughs> if you actually did dismember someone but not kill them. Is that a crime? Most yes, because they would die as a result of the no, dismemberment. Like, oh. No, if they were dead. already dead. Oh. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't mutilate you can't tamper with a corpse. <laughs> Andy, they die while you dismember them, so you would be murdered. Well, I thought that. I was going to say, don't if you, you dismember know. them, they're going to die when you dismember them. I don't think you listened to the whole statement. Don't you know how that works? When Mads. you chop people's heads off their body, they tend to die. The last Simpsons episode I watched, Homer was left home alone, and he started eating his own body. <laughs> yeah. It was really, I thought, you guys, Every once you in a while, almost like, jumped the shark. Kind of, what kind yeah. of drugs are you taking yeah, over what? there? is going on. Yeah. I love the fact. Did you see the episode two weeks ago when when they made Bart take up an instrument at school and he oh, took the I violin? Didn't see, I didn't see that. Oh, God. And then the teacher, of course, goes to Homer and says, I'll have you know that you as the parent are responsible for that $430 instrument your son is borrowing from the school. So if any harm comes to it, it'll be on you. So there's so much pressure on Homer because, of course, Bart's of course. got the violin scratch in his back, right. and he's doing all this stuff with the violin. <laughs> so Homer finally grabs the violin and smashes it to bits and goes, I'm free! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was too much pressure, so he just smashed the violin. <laughs> Not worth it. All right, back to the accidental death. <laughs> the New York Times reports <laughs> prosecutor Jakob Buk Jepsen... Sounds right. Uh, had argued <laughs> we Matt- stayed with a Jakob when we were in Denmark. Jakob Buch, B-U-C-H, Buck, Buch, Bush, Buck. It's Danish. Yeah, it's a oh. strange language. <laughs> well, my friend Craig Wee spoke Danish, and every time I heard him speaking to somebody on the phone, it sounded like he was laughing. <laughs> like <laughs> what the so hell? Like their bus is called Hop on off, Hop on hop off, Hop on hop off. 
something. Hop on, hop off. Hop on, hop off. But it's like this one long hop on, hop off. Like... (laughs) Weird one word. Okay, now that we've offended every Danish person in Minnesota, yeah, get over. Hey, Wisconsin, and throughout the it's, world, no, it's sorry. one of my favorite places I've ever been. But Denmark? it's a weird language. Yeah, and Iceland that... too. Forget that. Is it true in Denmark they got huge pictures of naked guys painted on walls? No, it was just it's just one gigantic penis. Oh, one gigantic penis. Sweden. Oh, that, oh, that was Sweden. Sweden. Sorry. Sweden is kind of okay, like that. Okay, well, that's good. That's good for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, Sweden could go is on like, forever. Sweden is the California of Scandinavia. Yeah, it is. It might be right. I've only been to the train station in Sweden. I've never been anywhere near the place. I've been in Italy, England, Ireland, and Scotland. That's it. That's all I've been to in Europe. That's everything. And I've been to Wisconsin. And Iowa, and North to, and South Dakota. Oh my gosh! When you're going, uh, when you're going on the train through Sweden, you're like, we're in Wisconsin. Yeah, yes. oh, it really? does. That's why they yeah. came here. Yeah. Yeah. Scandinavian yeah. streets yeah. look like Minnesota. New York Times reporter, yeah. prosecutor Jakob Buch Jepsen, had argued Madsen was fixated on murdering a woman after a rocket launch was. What? what? The heck? No he's got rockets and he's got submarines <laughs> and he's got. What, what the hell? A rocket launch was scrapped on August 8th, two days before Wall died. Book Yepsen said Madsen texted three women an invitation to meet him on the sub, but was turned down. Wall boarded the uh, sub on uh, August 10th for an interview that she had tried to secure for months. Madsen had texted her that day with the invite. It was random chance that it turned out to be Kim Wall, Book Jepsen said. Wall skipped her own going-away party to head to the interview. Uh... It doesn't say why he killed her. Do they ever just, really know why they killed anybody? Why does he want to? Why does he have a submarine? He built it. He's a he built his own. He's like submarine. an inventor kind of guy. Okay. He had a submarine. I can guarantee you one thing: I will not get on a submarine that somebody made themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. Like, I'm not <laughs> I've crafted this. Yeah, I'll get scrap on. metal and aluminum cans. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you'd like my space, spacecraft. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite Wallace and Gromit show. I used to watch that Wallace when I was a kid all the time. God. And they build the rocket in the basement, <laughs> fill it full of cheese. <laughs> what? <laughs> they built a rocket to go to the moon, and of course they had to stop and make sure they had enough cheese and crackers before right. they took off. Oh, cheese off. and crackers! Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I can see not just cheese, but the crackers. Now we're now we're making sense. That's all I have to say to you, it's sir. The ADD show of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Squirrel. Grandma was very impressed that fun with crackers and cheese. We like would have snacks. Cheese yeah. and crackers. We were there, and Fawn takes a cracker and puts the cheese on top of it and eats it. Wow. She was like, nobody else her age would figure that out. <laughs> like, Fawny putting the cheese on the cracker. And then once she put a blueberry on top of it, I was like, what a little that bite. Nice presentation. Yeah. A little blue cheese and yeah. blueberries. and Fruit goes yeah. with a lot of cheese. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None for me, thanks. <laughs> yeah. You're a fruit. Oh my God! This Told woman too. It's the ADD episode. It is. It is ADD episode. When you hear this story, <laughs> Allison Mack, the Smallville star, fighting sex trafficking charges after being accused of helping run a cult-like self-help group. What? You ever yeah. heard of this? Yeah, no. The, she was on. You ever watch Smallville? No. Was the young woman on Smallville? They have like this. superpowers, don't they? It's about Superman, but it's about like his daily life, not right. his crime-fighting right. life. Oh, okay. So, in any case, um, 
She received somewhat of a reprieve <clears throat> yesterday from a federal judge who agreed to let Mac be released to her parents' custody on a $5 million bond, NBC News and CNN report. The 35-year-old actress won't be allowed to leave her parents' California home unless it's to meet with attorneys or head to court or other approved reasons. She'll have to wear an electronic ankle bracelet, and she's prohibited from going online or using her cell phone. She's also barred from having contact with either former or current members of... How do you say it's that? It's pronounced nix, uh, Nexium. Nexium? Like the Like the medicine. heartburn pill? Yeah. Oh. Which is N-X-I-V-M. Well, V Nexium? in Latin is a U. Is a U. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it's Nexium or Nexium. The group she's accused of leading along with Keith Rainier, uh, who was also indicted last week at her bail hearing in Brooklyn. More details on Mac's alleged involvement uh, in Nexium and Rainier. Uh, they emerged. Mac is accused of using force, fraud, and coercion to recruit and maintain DOS slaves and instructed those slaves to engage in sexual acts with Rainier, among other assignments. What? The U.S. Attorney notes in legal documents Mac allegedly helped recruit and groom the so-called slaves for sex with Rainier, and at least one woman referred to as Jane Doe One was told to have sex with him at Mac's direction. In return for this, Mac allegedly received financial benefits and financial opportunities from Rainier, the documents add. Meanwhile, Fox News reports on a resurfaced YouTube video from 2013 in which Mac gushes about her women's empowerment group. I want to be remembered for my compassion and go. my passion, she says in the video. Don't believe what people say. Mac sent messages to stars Emma Watson and Kelly Clarkson yep. meant to recruit them into Nexium. What the hell? It's a sick, sad, twisted person right there. Yeah, not uh, you're not thinking too clearly there, Allison Mack. You, you, I think you probably would know who she is if you saw her picture. I don't really recognize her. Well, she's just this cute little kid is what she looks like, and she's a nut job. It's Hollywood for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what, Dave Mordahl pointed it out uh, on the air today. We're talking about this whole... All these Hollywood people love to stand up at the podium and tell you how you should live your life. But uh, you know what popularized smoking more than anything else in the modern world? Movies. Movies. Yeah. People smoking in movies. You know what popularized wearing fur? Movies. Movies. People in movies wore fur coats, and that's why women wanted to go out and buy fur coats. Hello? Not a good sound to start with, but you'll get what I'm doing. Okay, let's just... They sure work hard, don't they, Bonnie? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go around back where we can't see them. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter flavor. Yeah, Fred. They go on for another, like, 45 seconds. Yeah. Talking about Winston tastes good like, like a cigarette should. Yeah. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should, yep. Winston. Oh a cigarette. Yeah, i got to be honest with you. I smoked for a while, but I never liked the taste of cigarettes. I loved it. I was really good at it. You were good at it? 
I'll took it. It was really you hard to quit. Yes, I was terrible Didn't at smoking. Make you throw up? Or something? No, no, I Ooh. kept. I always got smoke in my eye. Smoke. <laughs> I was always like, oh, oh my yeah. eye! I, I never. I hated smoking in my life. We will this be right back, as the blue light tells us. We have to go now, but the women aren't paying any attention to it. We'll be right back. So anyway, I just pointed at the blue said, light for you. <laughs> and then kept talking. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> we'll be right back, Tom Archer. <laughs> Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you know how important it is to have the right dock. That's why you should know about flow docks. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. They're completely modular so you can configure them to your family's needs or add on as your family's needs grow. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy. My friends at Flow also told me that hockey star Ryan Suter bought a Flow dock and lift as he wanted the best for his family. See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost of Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, May 21st, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I lost over 40 pounds at Nutramost of Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that our weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutramost of Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost of Plymouth dinner on May 21st. Space is limited. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. We all live in a yellow submarine. Yellow submarine. Yellow submarine. Oh, my God, it's so annoying. It's uh, recognizable, though. All yes. aboard. Many more of them. Oh, that's Ringo for next you. Door. Yeah, <laughs> Yellow Submarine was not my favorite. Oh, Beatles Ringo, song. God love you. It's that not was... as bad as Revolution Number 9. What but... was with Ringo and number Ocean? Nine? He really liked the ocean. There was that's Yellow right. Submarine, Octop- there was Octopus's Garden. Garden. Which yeah. is a good song. I think they actually foisted those songs upon him. I don't think those were his choices. <laughs> Here, here's something for you to sing, Ringo. Yeah, yeah. I think so. An Octopus's Garden. It's like, oh. I have. He wrote um, Octopus's Garden, but he didn't did? write Yellow Submarine. No. I love Octopus's Garden. You do? And I have a, he worked with an illustrator, and there's a children's book that's Octopus's Garden. It's the lyrics of Octopus's Garden, but then there's illustrations. And fun, and I read it all the time. He also wrote, Don't Pass Me By. Yep. Don't Pass Me By. That's an okay song. Which is about swimming in the ocean. Oh, it is? And not getting passed by a faster swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) You're lying through. He's making it up as he goes along. Making it up. To the new longer Benson and Hedges 100. Wow. 
That's it. That was it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Mom, thanks. That's, that's commercials. Oh, wait, no, even better the second time <laughs> well they just keep on playing a different oh. a different uh, graphic and then the same they didn't have song. a catchphrase you know, I, I don't not. think hey. that I ever did a voiceover for a cigarette I, in you? my entire career, I don't think I ever did. Uh, Good for you. Well, I mean, you would think with my voice, they yeah. people think he I smoke. He sounds like he has throat Could cancer. Could do Newports or Cool Miles. Cool Miles. <laughs> Benson and Hedges is British, but they were made from Virginia tobacco, oh, which is you weird. Yeah. My favorite cool of all time is when Dave Chappelle hit the lottery and bought an entire semi full of cool cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that they wrap cigarettes in paper and not just a tobacco leaf? I don't know. Probably you think that would make sense? Too strong? Probably for even burning or something. I don't know. Well, also, <laughs> inhaling burning paper can't be that Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, it's awesome. Anything. Oh, it's awesome. You miss smoking, apparently. No, actually, oh, I awesome. don't. I don't miss it at all. Remember, my brother-in-law used to smoke a pipe. Yeah, that's not uh, real in anymore. No, pipes are... I'm surprised. I know, it seems like a hipster thing. It does. It does. Amy always said that I should smoke a pipe for some reason. She she saw me smoking a a pipe. Crazy person. She's weird. (laughs) That's really nice. Really, really nice. No question. (laughs) I read this story this morning on on the show, and I can read this afternoon, but remember when we lived in Dayton and I was on the way to KQ on I-94 and... The Boone Avenue overpass, mm-hmm. and I, I driving along, and I saw something fall from the Boone Avenue overpass. Ooh. Then I'm driving down a little further, and I look and I go, "Why are there a was there a pile of clothes right in the road?" Well, apparently this woman jumped right in front of a car. She jumped from the Boone overpass, jumped in front of a car, got hit. I don't. I don't know if the guy who hit her, or the woman who hit her, even knew they hit her. Oh. Yeah, they probably just thought it was a pothole or the bump in the road or something. Because you gotta it, know when you hit a human. It didn't look like a human when I went by. It was all just kind of. Oh, okay. Like it was a Let's pile go back of to cigarette commercials. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> this th- there's a good ending to this. Okay. When Good. Michigan State Police learned of a man threatening to jump from a highway overpass early Tuesday, they came up with a novel way to help him. They shut down all the lanes of I-696 and Oak Park around the overpass in both directions and called in 13 semi-trucks that were passing through the area. The mm. trucks lined the highway underneath the overpass so that the man did jump. His fall would be shortened to 10 feet. Yeah, that's a good idea. It is a great idea. Wasn't wait, wait, wait. You think, but... You could jump between the trucks, yeah. right? No, you yeah. couldn't. You, well, how accurate are you going to be see, jumping off a bridge? From 10 feet? See that no. right there? There's not much room between the no, trucks. There's enough to kill yourself, though. It's only about a 25-foot drop. All right, Debbie Downer. I'm sorry. Oh, Debbie Downer. Tom just watches somebody get killed on Boone Avenue, and I'm Debbie Downer. That's fine. At least they know. At least they tried. At least they tried something. Yeah, that's true. It's It's a creative solution. There yeah. you have it. Yeah, it is. it is. The conduct of a tenured professor who called Barbara Bush a witch and an amazing racist was oh. insensitive, inappropriate, and embarrassment to the university. Is she done? Fresno State President Joseph Castro said in a statement Tuesday, but he added that since Randa Jarar was acting in a private capacity, no, she wasn't. Uh, she made it very clear that she was a t- professor at Fresno State. People like State. that give liberals a bad name. You got that they right. sure do. 
Um, she acted in a private capacity. Her tweets are protected free speech, and she will not be fired. No, she did not act in a private capacity. She was talking about the fact you can't fire me yeah. because I'm, a, I'm tenured, so you can't get rid of me. You can't get to me at all. She did not act in a private capacity. She sounds she like identified. a gem. Yeah, really. You know, well, she was tweeting bird. out. She was like, I make $100,000. Yeah, she, 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 tweeted, tweet, out she tweeted out her supposedly her phone number, but it was the number for the, the campus health crisis line. The suicide hotline, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah she sounds psychotic. She, well, she's nuts. Out. Get out. Yeah. Get Cast- out. Get off my side, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Castro said she was acting in a private capacity. Her tweets protected free speech and she will not be fired. Good the Fresno Bee reports Castro said university staff had consulted with California State University lawyers to determine whether they could take disciplinary action and decided there was no justification for doing so. Gerard, who bragged that she couldn't be fired, will remain on leave for the rest of spring semester as arranged before her Bush remarks. Our duty as Americans and as educators is to promote free exchange. No, it is not to promote a free exchange of diverse views because you block certain speakers from your campuses. So you can't say a free exchange of diverse views because you don't allow... Look, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of conservative speakers either, but I certainly wouldn't block them from speaking at my shithole university. Unless it's, what's his name, Milos Yapanot. What is oh, that, that guy, that guy yeah. is just a jack. That guy is a jack handle, it's true. Our duty as Americans and as educators to promote a free, free exchange of diverse views, even if we disagree with them, Castro wrote, but Fresno State encourages opinions and ideas to be expressed in a manner that informs, enlightens, and educates without being disparaging of others. In other words, calling her a witch and an amazing racist, that's okay, though, huh? <clears throat> More than 45,000 signed a petition calling for Gerard's firing, the Hill reports, uh, though free speech activists were on her side. The Arab-American professor, I think she's from Pakistan, isn't she? I thought she was Palestinian. but I'm Palis- not, I You know what, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think she is Palestinian. Well, I think what she really is is like third-generation, rich, spoiled brat. Yeah, exactly. Yes. She's not Palestinian. She, yeah, she was born in Chicago. I was born okay, in Chicago. Chicago. I was wrong. Greek Egyptian no, she is mother, Greek Egyptian mother, and Palestinian father. There you mm, go. It's in there so, yeah, there's a bunch we're, of stuff there. Basically, we're all right. Everybody's yeah. everybody's correct. How often does that happen? I'm all right <laughs> with everything except that Greek part. <laughs> uh, not wild about that, you know, Kostaki Economopoulos and people of his ilk. The Arab American professor who said the former first lady raised a war criminal tells the cut that she stands by her comments despite the backlash. The Bush family, including Barbara Bush, supported policies that harmed and destroyed the lives of millions. What would that be? <sighs> Who knows? I think like she's I said. talking about Desert Storm. Yeah. She's talking about Desert Storm, yeah. which was um, brought on by an attack on the uh, on the uh, towers. Well, that, no. Well, that was the before. The Desert Storm was before. The no, it was, it was after. The uh, Middle East after? had been... No, it was before. I'm it sorry. was before. Yeah, <laughs> there was like, was I, get a, I get all our wars confused. <laughs> I know. It's not like there's, there's kind of a lot of them. Well, there's it seems been like they've unreas- all blended. And they don't number them anymore. I, I no. like the one and two. Yeah. One that and made two sense. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have stopped it, too? Well, there's, yeah. there's been unrest in the Middle East for the past, like, 30, 40 this years. Is true. So well, it's like, we're not even... it goes back a couple thousand, actually. Well, I mean, with with, with our uh, with our intervention, but we're technically not even at war. We just kind of like 
have military have actions. a constant military presence yeah. there because who knows what the hell's going to happen next. Ooh, Andy, bring up that public story, will you? Okay. What have the Romans ever done for us? Exactly. What have they ever done for us? <laughs> How about the, the People's Front of Judea? F off. Where the people, the people, Judean front. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's phenomenal. The people's Judean front and the people's front of Judea. <laughs> F off. We're not with them. Well, they built the viaduct. <laughs> All right. Other than the viaduct, what have the Romans done for us? The library. Well, other than <laughs> Publix employee. <clears throat> now, we'll start off this story by saying. That about 25, 30, about 30 years ago, Andy was one year old, and we took a trip, Catherine and Andy and I, Alex was not born yet, down to Florida. And as we're driving along, Catherine says, Oh, God. Why did they name that store Publix? (laughs) I said, What? She said, The name of that store is Publix. P U B L I X. Publix. Come on. Yes, they named it Publix, honey. That's exactly what they named it. Look at the word public and think Publix. Well, they do. You know, you go to Iowa and you can get gas at the come and go. The come and go. (laughs) That's true. There's a come and go here and a pump and munch. Pump and munch. That one's horrible. Yeah, no pump and munching for me. There was a street. (laughs) There's a street in Cornville that you thought, what was it? Pump and munch. Pinar or something. For horny potheads. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. What was it? There was some street in Arizona. P-I-N-A-L. P-I-N-A-L. Yeah, she's like... She's like... Penal. Penal. She's like... See, I guess my mind just always goes right to the gutter. Your first one was... Every time. Your first one was P-N-A-L. P-N-A-L. She was like, P-N-A-L? P-N-A-L? Well, what is it? My, my uh, we, we don't know. My Pinal, eyes are maybe? up here. I don't know. Well, anyway. it's probably Spanish, and it sounds much better than penal. <laughs> well, in Spanish, it would be penal, so. Oh, penal. so I yeah. said it right. So you had it right, penal. <laughs> Publix employee, Liberty Gratz. Well, her name is Liberty Gratz. Liberty Gratz. Is deaf and partially blind, so she normally interacts with customers using pen and paper. She's now on the lookout for one customer who says she didn't give her that opportunity Using American Sign Language translated by her mother, 21-year-old Gratz tells local news she was straightening a shelf at a Publix in Midlothian, Virginia on Saturday when all of a sudden I felt some woman hit me in the back. Gratz says the woman had apparently been trying to get her attention, unaware she suffers hearing and peripheral Uh. vision issues as a result of Usher syndrome, a condition Gratz and her twin brother were both born with. It's described on a GoFundMe page for her family as the most common genetic cause of combined deafness and blindness, though her mother says Gratz doesn't always notice the people beside her, per uh, local news. She tells the news and observer her daughter was stunned by the punch. Yeah. She turned and told the lady she couldn't hear by pointing to her ear and shaking her head no. She uh, She handed the lady a pen and paper so she could tell her what she needed, then showed her where it was. Gratz's mother adds, noting the customer still acted angry. 
Okay. So you're still angry at someone who's deaf for not responding to you. How about just not being angry at anybody for not responding? Because there's probably a reason. Well, yeah. I, I do you have know, a question. Just relax. I really have a question for everybody. Why do you want to be so angry all the time? Oh, outrage is the new cool. Oh, God. You'd be angry if you had to shop at Publix. <laughs> That's true. I had to shop at Publix. <laughs> Actually, i got to tell you one thing about Publix. Grand Prix. About 20 years ago. <laughs> Sorry. We just had, the family went down to Florida for Thanksgiving. And we went to Publix to buy all the Thanksgiving trimmings. Oh, oh remember that meal? Do it you guys remember that? It was one of the worst yeah. meals Horrible. in the, the history of the world. The gravy tasted like gasoline. It was so Something bad. was wrong it with was that whole so meal. Bad. It was made you become a vegetarian, I think. <laughs> no, I already was <laughs> I a vegetarian. Yeah. This yeah, was but about, you still ate gravy back. Yeah, so bad. This you was like six, gravy. seven years ago. No, oh, no, no. Way it was longer than that. You guys were pretty little. You guys No, it was at the... New house. Bigger house. Yes. No, it wasn't. It absolutely no, it was. No, it wasn't. 100% was at the new house. No, it well, that wasn't. Was 12 years Welcome ago. to today's 100%. broadcast. Jesus, seriously. <laughs> Your memory sucks. Next up. Gratz says store managers looked again and again and again at footage of the incident, but they couldn't identify the woman because there were so many people blocking the camera. Nice placement of the cameras. Really? Oh, this is our security yeah. camera that when you can't see anything yeah, when on. When it's busy, nobody knows what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of a security <laughs> camera is that? She says she still hopes to get in touch with her, though, simply to teach her about being kind to people, regardless of whether they have Thank a you. disability. Right. That's a nice touch. Thank God this segment's over. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Publix segment of this show. But we'll be right back with part three in Tom Bernard Show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to SellerWorkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit SellerWorkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Uh-oh, no little James Brown. Get no. Get nope, or not. Oh. No more Something James Brown. On my phone. Yeah, no more James Brown. Okay, stop doing that. That's a sad <laughs> story that the, the moment he died... Well, most are. His friend was with him. His bodyguard was with him. And he said, because James was in the hospital, and he said James was asleep, 
and all of a sudden James sat straight up in bed and said, my chest is on fire, and died. Oh, jeez. Uh. Aortal dissection, maybe? Let's see. <laughs> you know, I'm not kidding you. Help go to medical school. I'm, I'm kicking sorry. you out of the van. Uh, let's see here. Death. Um, not just regular old heart failure. You know, Sounds class like, right of the like mill. Your, your chest is on fire. Boring old heart failure. You know that his wife used to, because he... he did so much damage to his legs by doing the splits all the time and dancing on I stage and doing all that stuff. Can't imagine the splits are good for you. No, it's really After bad. After a certain for you. age, most likely not. Well, and especially no. when you just like jump into yeah. them like yeah. a crazy person. Yeah. His wife used to have to massage his legs eight to nine hours a day. Oh, uh, that's what I don't love it that much. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's horrible. Prince what? got all that's messed up true. from d- dancing like that. That's why yeah. he was taking drugs. Well, he was, he was wearing those high heels, yeah. too. That does not and help. And Mick Jagger, too, Jumping off I'd the imagine. stage. Has yeah. some neck issues. I'm guessing. <laughs> Doing the rooster. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the rooster. Yeah. It's probably actually probably good for right. your neck. Yeah. It'd be good for my neck. Let's try that. All this stuff. I remember when Kath and I saw Lords of Discipline at the we were fragile. Oh fragile. Epitome. All our favorite words. I had Guess. never heard the word paradigm pronounced until I Paradigm. was in college, oh, and I was shocked to learn that it wasn't paradigm. 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 You know, the paradigm. Okay, Dan, like, can't read. I don't know what his problem is. That's good news. As a college-educated man. We'll read stories to fun, and we read them out. out, Sound it out, Dan. Sound it out. We'll read them out loud, and he, like... Cut at. (laughs) Yeah. When we read stories to fun, we switch pages. Like, we read every other page. And half the time, I'm like, what are you reading? That's not what the word is. And they're children's books, too. I know. Yeah, that's not good news. He's like, I don't know. I can't see. And I'm like, maybe you need reading glasses. Because he hasn't been to the eye doctor Uh, in like five years. And he's 33 now? Yeah. A lot of people have to get him in 30. I know. And he like makes up words that look kind of like the word that's there. And I'm like, I think you might need reading glasses. I'm telling you something. I won't rat the guy out. But former member of the family... Of former Catherine. Oh yeah, I know. Who we were playing. About. What was it? What's that fabulous game that everybody loves? Taboo? Trivial Pursuit. No. Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit. We're playing Trivial Pursuit one night, oh. and I am I'm not Twister. kidding you. <laughs> and he wanted to read the clues, and we're like, oh, Yeah. I don't think he should read. This. He was. He wasn't an intelligent. Man. No. He honest God would go like this. To put it kindly. <laughs> when. The, when the oh seriously it was oh. just painful. It's like Bob Elliott, the slow talkers of America. <laughs> and then he wouldn't talk. even he would get no words right. We did, I was like I don't even know what that question is. What are you get talking? Any words right. None of those are words. <laughs> what that makes city any sense. did the Beatless play? <laughs> Beatless. Uh, seriously, it was call. bad. We have Eric. Oh, we have Eric. Yes. Eric, how do you say your last name? Hey guys. Uh, it is Bezek. It's not V check. So. Yep. Well, no. kind yeah. Is it is it actually originally B check? Uh, it... No, sorry. It, it, it's Czechoslovakian last name. Um, my grandma told me that it was Bezek, and you know everybody has a hard time with it. We've kind of went more to Bezek. It's a little bit easier. Bezek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <kind of> <laughs> this is not going to be good because my wife is here and she's part 
and check. So, so uh, Eric, this is going to be very difficult. Hey. She's actually Bohemian. I'm actually Bohemian. Into my, how to pronounce my last name. She would know. <laughs> <laughs> she would know. It's I'll true. Betty right now. New series on velocity and motor trend gives viewers an unprecedented look at the extraordinarily rare Japanese domestic car market. JDM legend star Eric Bizek is uh, one of the only restorers of imported Japanese domestic market cars in the country. Uh, we have a man who's lived his life in the car business, as a matter of fact. But L.A. Nick, the guy who was supposed to be here to talk to you about this, yeah. he owns like 50 motorcycles and I don't know how many rare cars. Rare things, yes. He, he, lo like he loves rare things, and he knows the Japanese domestic uh, market cars. But, of course, he's sick today. What a shock. So, Eric, <laughs> you, you're going to have to educate all of us, particularly me, as a matter of sure. fact. Uh, the, yeah, you want me to give you sort of the rundown of what JDM means? I um, have a question so for you first. For, uh, oh, go ahead. Um, after World War II, because the United States was not destroyed by the war, but most of Europe, Japan, uh, was destroyed, the United States decided it would be a good thing to help the Japanese economy uh, become more robust by teaching them the car business. Is that true? You know, that's a little bit before, I guess, my era and what, what we particularly deal with here. Uh, we don't really get into these cars until the late 60s. So by that point, you know, everything's all, all really established. But I have heard that before. It's pretty interesting. JDM Legends, a new series on Velocity, taps into the incredibly popular world of Japanese domestic market cars. So tell me what JDM is, or what they are. So... Yeah, what JDM stands for is Japanese domestic market. So what that really means is something that was designed solely for the Japanese. And that being said, you know, there was a lot of really, really cool cars they offered over there that we never had access to here in the United States. So um, there's actually an import law where if a car is 25 years old or older, it can be legally imported into the United States because it doesn't have to conform to DOT and EPA regulations. Oh, okay. So every state's a little bit different with how strictly they want to enforce that, but most states, you know, are, are, are fine with it. So that allows us to bring over some of these really cool cars that we've always, you know, been lusting after for years that we never had access to. We can now bring them over, you know, which is really great. But on the same, uh, on the same regard there, we're also dealing with cars that were only made from Japan, which means a lot of the parts have to come from Japan. So... You know, the restoration work, that, that definitely makes it a little bit more difficult on our end. But, you know, we have a true passion for, for what we do here, and we go to any length we need to to get the job done. So would we recognize any of the names of these cars? You probably would, and I think one of the most popular ones we deal with is the Nissan Skyline. You know, now it's referred to as the uh, just solely the GTR. You know about um, that? Yeah, but oh, the yeah. very first model of the GTR was actually in 1969. So, you know, we deal with a lot of the more early stuff. And on that same regard, we also deal with a lot of the Z cars. You know, in Japan, it was called a Fairlady Z. Here, it was called a 240Z. And, you know, once again, the Japanese market got really cool motors and, and, you know, different things that we didn't get here. So, you know, part of it is sometimes importing the whole car, and then sometimes it's taking parts from some of these Japanese market cars and putting them into our U.S. market cars to make them, you know, perform better, Mm -hmm. handle better or or just be you know overall more unique than than you know all the the stand out from the rest of the 240z's in the crowd is it true that the fair lady was named the fair lady because the owner of the company loved the movie my fair lady yes uh, the play the play yep 
That is, yeah, that is true. And the first model that was a Fair Lady was actually a Roadster. That's amazing. Um, so a little bit more fitting for that. But then when the car was introduced here in the United States, they, they wanted something a little bit more masculine. You know, they <laughs> I guess some guys would have a hard time driving a, you know, a guy's car with it had Fair Lady on the side of it. So they went for something more, you know, 240Z. So Sorry, I I re- that's I, the story behind that. I read the story of how that happened. There's a great book you should read called The, uh, the Reckoning, and it parallels the rise of Ford and Datsun. But the guy that came up with that name was... Uh, Mr. K is the guy that set up all the Datsun dealers in the U.S. in the 60s. And he knew that Fair Lady mm-hmm. was a terrible name, but he, but, he, but he also knew because he wouldn't sell, but he couldn't, he couldn't insult the head of Nissan. So the engineers had de- designated it 240Z. He's the guy that went and had those labels made, and when the first cars came over from Japan, he ripped the Fair Lady badges off him and stuck 240Z on the side. Really? Yep. Yeah. That's what they say. Whether or not there's truth to that, it's hard. It's hard to know. But yeah. you know, I've also heard the same thing in regards to the name Datsun. You know, when Nissan has always been Nissan in Japan, and when they were first, you know, trying to get into the North American market, they didn't want to tarnish the name uh, Nissan in Japan in case it didn't do well. So they they came up with the, the name Datsun. You know, as more of a trial thing, and that's why it was only a temporary thing. Until I believe 1983, 84 is when it changed to Nissan. You know, once once everything was established and they knew that, you know, they were they were going to do well here. Uh, only then did they change back to the Nissan name. God, it's so amazing. I have a wonderful story about the Datsun 240Z. I had a friend whose name was the Cosmic Cowboy. That was his name, <laughs> and he uh, used to like George Dick- Dickel sipping whiskey a lot. Uh, he was a radio announcer. And I walked up to his uh, fourplex one day, and his his uh, landlord was putting up a for rent sign on the side of the building. And I went and I said, Kaz, uh, you might want to go out and talk to your landlord. He said, why? And by the way, Cosmic always carried a briefcase with him wherever he went. And he, I said, why? And I said, I don't want to tell you because you'll get mad, so you just need to go see what he's doing. So we walked outside together, we looked up, and his, his landlord was standing on the hood of his 240Z, nailing the sign up on the side of the building. <laughs> the next thing I hear is the click-click wow. of the opening of the briefcase. I look over, and all I see is a long barrel 357 Magnum, and Cosmic said, get the F off my car. <laughs> I will never forget that as long as I live. So he was a real cowboy. Were ex- oh, yeah. Were they expensive? Mm, they were, they were probably remember. about three grand when they came out, well, something like a that. A car is but expensive. There weren't a whole lot of them. Okay. Right, Eric? I mean, there, were, there were not a whole lot of 240s yeah, yeah. at first. Right. They were they were pretty inexpensive, and that's why they became so popular, because for that price point, you know, they were outperforming a lot of cars that cost two or three times more. So I think that's part of the reason why, you know, they did so well here, because, and that's kind of the Japanese cars in general. They've, they've always been able to kind of outperform you know, what the expectations were and, and doing a lot with a little, you know. Right, absolutely. You know, it, it fascinates me, the Japanese, and Andy, our son who's on the show with us, has studied a lot about the Japanese culture. The Japanese do a lot of things for solely for the Japanese people. They don't want anybody else yep. using them or doing them. They 
to move there, to, yeah, not easy. To, to move to Japan is not an easy thing to do. No, you have to have a college degree. Yeah, they they, they only want Japanese people. They do things for Japanese people oh, particularly. Children. That's a it's a fascinating culture actually, and now uh, the new series on Velocity. Uh, it's a great idea to just look. Do you do you look at the culture and and why these cars were only built for the for the Japanese? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different factors involved with that. I mean, part of it is just, you know, I, I guess their culture and and what they're looking for in some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and then also you know the difference in our culture and what we're looking for. So, right. like for example, you know, with with some of the early Celicas, part of this is that the Japanese are taxed based off of engine displacement so that being said they would they would use smaller motors there that they would rev higher you know to make the similar similar horsepower numbers but here in the united states you know nobody wants to rev their car to 7,000 rpms you want that you know mid-range around town driving experience um you know also in japan motorsports is very very a big part of their culture and specifically uh circuit racing um you know, whereas here in the United States, it was, you know, mainly about drag racing and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, that being said, the, the, the motorsports history over there, you know, they, they really were okay with cars being, you know, more lightweight or maybe a little bit more tinny as long as it performed right. You know, and same thing with, you know, having these high revving motors. That was okay to them because they performed so well at the track. You know, whereas here in the United States, we had a different idea of what we wanted and, and didn't have the same goals in mind. So that's why you kind of see some of the differences between the way cars were sold there versus here. I have a story you'll appreciate. I work for a dealer, a car dealer group. We've got 25 franchises in the U.S. And we uh, built a Subaru store about seven or eight years ago. And I love old cars. And I thought, let's find the oldest Subaru sold in America that we can get. We'll just buy it and we'll leave it on the show floor. So I, I tracked down a, three, a 69 or 70 360. It's about a 30-horsepower car, and it's the <laughs> biggest pile of crap you've ever seen in your life. And I did the same thing when we built the new Honda story. And this was actually kind of cool. It was a 72, uh, it's a 600cc car. It's like a forerunner of the Civic. And when you look at how far Honda went from that, how quickly from that car to when they built the first Civic in 76, which was really a great automobile, it's amazing. I mean, they, the, the, the rate that they progressed in terms of build technology and quality and craftsmanship in just a few short years is really quite astounding, I think. Right, and with those Subarus, you know, you could you could definitely see with those early cars, this was something that was made solely for use in Japan, you know. Very tight, small cities. They didn't have the freeways we had, so, yep. so it made more sense. That car made more sense, obviously, in Japan than it did here in the States, and I think you kind of see that progress as we go up. I believe the 360s were also a two-stroke motor. That's you know, right, which is they are. <laughs> kind yeah. of a nightmare to sound right. My 10-speed is faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JDM Legends airs Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central on Velocity. Eric, thank you very much for your time. Fascinating subject. I appreciate you calling in. Hey. Well, thanks for having me, guys. That's I really pleasure. appreciate it. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.